Poe is interesting because on the flip side, I know we always talk about Poe. The idea of the anti-transcendentalist vision is being more like internal, uh, thinking about um, one's own like contemplation of their life and trying to make sense of the chaos in your mind personally, internally. So that's always like the interesting like dynamic between ICP because it's like this very personal expression of insanity and the outward expression of it. Yo, it's Hatchet Chat with lures and snacks. You juggalo homies talking hatchet tracks. There's hatchet beats and hatchet raps. The whole catalog's packed full of classic gems and we talk about them all on, on Hatchet, hatchet Chat. Chat. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. What's up, y'all? It's Hatchet Chat. We be dropping these quickly because ICP's dropping mad stuff. So that's what's up. I'm MC Lars. I'm MC Snacks, y'all. What is up? We hope you ninjas who went to the gathering had a good time. It looked like an absolutely crazy gathering. Tons of dope acts and all kinds of flavor as always. And uh, one piece of that flavor is the fact that we actually got the third and final seed of Yum Yum Bedlam. Whoa, the weeping weirdo. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Dropped, of course, the first day of the gathering. Physical copies are available for sale, as well as online streaming services came out the first day, which was July 5th. And uh, yeah, man, that's dope. Like, have you were you keeping up on social media, uh, checking out for the gathering? Did you see any of that flavor, Lars? My dude, uh, Mr. E, uh, who's one of my students in the Lit Hop Academy, he's in a group called Pencil Neck. He was telling me how they had a box set with... Uh, with Yum Yum and, and the three seeds, which is cool. Yellow Wolf was there, uh, Mad Child, uh, who else? Um, my boy Ritz, who I've known forever, like he played. So it's like a lot of, a lot of talented people. Um, we're hoping to be back ne there next year. Um, but yeah, it looked fun. I mean, it's interesting how the seminar was Shaggy Solo said and, and the three-headed monster yeah man like that was the thing this year there was like the icp mystery seminar and there's been a mystery seminar promoted before people didn't know what to expect icp on their social media said it could be pretty much anything and to a lot of juggalo surprise it was a shaggy two dope solo set followed by a three-headed monster set back to back that's pretty fresh if you ask me yeah and indoors in like the, in that small tent up on the hill, like that's cool. That's like an <laughs> exactly experience. Um, uh, the two remaining members of Sugar Hill Gang played Wonder Mike and Master G, which is special because it's the 50th anniversary of the hip hop's anniversary with Cool Herc's first set, and of course Sugar Hill Gang, the first group to make a hit song. So that's cool to give props to the old school, and I'm sure they paid them well. And like it looks like they got a good. Reaction, the Replicon Radio YouTube has a video part of their set. Which is dope. So, yeah, I've never seen the, the uh, Sugar Hill Gang live. That would have been fun to see. I'm sure they've got more life in them, though. <laughs> They'll be doing more stuff. Oh, no doubt, dude. And, yeah, like that, ICB have always kind of brought in, like, um, kind of the pioneers of hip-hop into the gathering. It's kind of well-respected outside of the Juggalo universe because of the crazy acts they get, and you can't get any more, a more pioneer-type act than the Sugar Hill Gang. So fresh, dude. I was watching that um, the videos of that set, too, man. There's a lot of 
dope acts this year. And it's crazy too. You mentioned the 50th year anniversary of hip hop. It's it's wild to think that the gathering. This is the 23rd gathering. That and um, if you count uh, the COVID year, the 24th year, the gathering has been around, which is almost half of the time that hip hop itself oh. has been around. Isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, and also uh, Hex. Shout out to Hex. He played on the main stage, I think, and. Uh, Rest of Development, who Jump Steady is stoked on. I saw, what was the great interview he had on that show? You sent me the link. It was yeah, man. Tox hit. Uh, Manny and the Homies podcast. You know, Manny is, uh, of course, a part of the Shaggy show on Twitch. And him and his homies uh, have a dope podcast, Tox Hit, on YouTube. And they recently had Jump Steady on right before the gathering, which was super cool. And, and you're right. He was mentioning how excited he was for Arrested Development. And then they had Sponge from Detroit who uh, Devereaux and Viola J do an interpolation of their song Plowed on Wretched from um, Yum Yum Bedlam, right? So The Gathering, we weren't there, but we sure were looking at the internet about it. Uh, yes. Whoa, the weeping weirdo. So it's the third and final seat of Yum Yum. This, this EP is good, but it kind of flipped my wig because I thought it was going to be like a goth, emo, sad, kind of like um, Bloody Sunday. But it's all the songs are all pretty happy and joyful so he's not really weeping it's weird everything i see do icp does is weird but like snacks talk to me about the other c's of yum yum do the titles reflect them at all or not yeah man that's a good question and a good point about what will the weeping weirdo wicked vic did have some more of those sinister wicked themes and pug ugly had um uh you know songs about you know ugliness and using that as a strong metaphor but this one dude on the intro you're right it even describes weeping woe the weirdo um as uh woe the warrior and that kind of reminds me of like when we were trying to figure out the lore behind the actual yum yum bedlam it kind of plays with uh, you know the opposites flips things on their head and the music to me is a very fun and uh just all around dope listen yeah, it's a fun, short little record, um, and it's interesting. It's really fun after having them do, hearing them do solo stuff, hearing them go back and forth. There's like three songs where they trade verses, which is really fun, like very, right. very much a throwback. Because like other EPs, correct me if I'm wrong, and even the record, it's like they do whole verses pretty much from what I remember. So this is like a really that was like a satisfying thing to hear. It came out on July 5th, the first day of the gathering with physical copies. The production is great and we'll talk we'll dive into them because some of the producers have their tags which is which is cool and then they shout out mikey clark yeah dude and you're right man and i want to give a shout out to dc fago guy uh because i watched his unboxing of the actual um physical cd of woe the weeping weirdo and he confirmed that there's not really much to the liner notes it's just one sheet doesn't seem to be any official production credits i went on like the streaming services and uh, try to see if there's any production credits on there. There's not, but like you said, we got the um, uh, some of the producer tags on Shaggy the Airheads beats. And also, there's one song, of course, we'll talk about that uh, we know Mikey Clark produced, because ICP is actually talking to Mikey Clark during that song, which is super dope. So, whoa, the intro, as you mentioned, he calls him Woe the Warrior. Um, was that the original title? Or maybe Woe is a Warrior. I don't know, but it kicks it off. Yeah, dude. And maybe he's a warrior because, you know, he's uh, 
you know, sad and depressed, but fighting through. It doesn't really elaborate on that, but on the intro, it's dope. It got like a lot of, you know, super cool carnival um, kind of themes. If I was to guess, and this is purely speculation, nothing to confirm this so far, to me, it sounds like a Mike P beat, even though it got a lot of that bouncy um, uh, carnival flavor, like those some of those guitars and the tremolo in the guitar at one point. I think it's called tremolo when it's cutting in and out really fast. That totally mm. reminds me of uh, a Mike P beat. But uh, either way, super cool. We got Shaggy setting up the uh, record and introducing... Woe the weeping weirdo as well the warrior and then we get into the actual track what did you uh, actual ep what did you think of the intro though well it's interesting because they sample entrance of the gladiators which is also sampled on hocus pocus so we've heard that and then the samples take me out to the ball game which is just you think of like the old organ i thought it was interesting but it's because it starts off the record is like he's not really weeping but because he's a warrior maybe that's why and then out the sky drops uh produced by shaggy the airhead this ties in with the whole uh psychopathics from outer space return wicked clowns from outer space um yeah tell me what you think of this track i thought it was a fun song i love it dude shaggy the airhead's making the beat i think it's it got such a cool kind of um rhythm and tempo and uh like you mentioned it does definitely have those Wicked Clowns of Outer Space themes that ties into the gathering theme of this year. And in fact, it was actually released two days before the EP as a single. Uh, and ICP said on their uh, social media pages that it was to kind of give the Juggalos something to listen to while they're on their way to the gathering to hype them up. And um, it, in fact, I don't even think when it was released, it was announced that it was going to be on Woe the Weeping Weirdo. But then when people got Woe the Weeping Weirdo, it was on there. Super dope, kind of, uh, you know, uh, Violent J rapping about ICP as aliens invading the Earth. A lot of cool lyrics that play with the whole space and uh, sci-fi theme, man. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, it's fun, right? You know, I love that those sci-fi raps. I love the VJ3PO Shaggy 2D2. That's funny. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it made me think of the, the Rhyme Sayers producer RJD2. It's like hip hop right. spin on that. But, you know, it's funny. Like there's a on Eminem's Marshall Mathers 2, he has this song called A-Hole. And uh, he does this diss to Asher Roth. He's like, he says, ask Asher Roth when he ran about diss me to shout me out. Thought I was history. Well, goddamn, honky. That compliments a backhanded donkey. So basically Asher Roth had said something like Eminem had mentioned him. And Asher Roth was like, oh, I didn't even know Eminem knew who I was. And Eminem took that, this was like 2009, 2010, to to mean that, oh, I'm out of touch with hip-hop, so of course I don't know who Asher Roth is. But Asher Roth is a fan, so he's like, oh, that's tight, he referenced me. But like it, six years later, to diss Asher Roth, it just seemed like anachronistic. So when Jay says, I opened the door, Macklemore, I'm smacking the door, it's like, what? why are you dissing Macklemore in 2023? That line was like, what? Dissing Macklemore? What, I haven't even heard anything from Macklemore since like, that song about his daughter when Trump got elected, that's, I forget what it's called. It's like the last Macklemore I've, I've heard. So, right? Did that stand out? Like, what? What? Maybe it's because it's a cool internal rhyme. I don't know. Right. I did notice that when, when I heard the Macklemore theme. Now, I'm not the most, like, current guy on what's going on in, like, mainstream music. But I thought of that as well. Like, geez, like, Macklemore, you know, he's not, like, the dude you'd think is a reference. Um, but... Maybe it's like because they're aliens or something. It takes a while to uh, 
to get to <laughs> to them or something like on whatever planet they're from like only like you know the biggest rappers from seven years ago are kind of uh, making their way to them you know there's a there's a really funny video when they're doing icp theater they're watching can't hold us the macklemore one of Mac, like macklemore's second single and, yep. and they're just like laughing they're like oh man they shot this all over the world the label's gonna be so mad that they spent this budget on this video. This is the record label investing every penny they got to make sure that Nickelmore is not a one hit one. Yo, and sure, this flops dog, this guy is done. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, no he will be assassinated by the record label. All right. But the cool thing about Macklemore 10 years ago, 13 years ago or whatever, was that it was his label. So it's he spent all the money they made independently. So it's like kind of like funny for them to be dissing the new school of indie rap and assuming that a major label was the one who got them their shine when really it was the internet and the fact that Macklemore's manager had been like Brother Ali's agent and like managed a lot of like indie artists speaking of rhyme sayers gotten in with like the hip hop community as the agent and then managed them and then got a distribution deal with the major label but all their funding came out of like it wasn't like a label budget so that was like a funny uh, perspective on the change of new school indie rap I don't know. I wonder what Macklemore would think of ICP and think of this song. Dude, that's actually really interesting about that ICP theater clip because I remember them reacting to that video and I I thought the same thing. Like, it must have been a huge budget from a label. I had no idea that that was independently funded. That's actually pretty fresh. But the fact that that song had such a, such radio play meant that they made money from their own label to pay for right. it. You know what I mean? And then it that's was like super a... super cool. It was the first uh, independently released hip hop record to get a Grammy. But like, what does that even mean? Independently released? Cause now it's all big money, get stuff on playlists. And anyway, that song, yeah, dropped out the sky. Just like that reference. Uh, what's the obscure ICP facts on Twitter and the everybody dies reference. Cause I didn't catch this till I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, dude, when you sent this to me last night, it flipped my wig. And basically, yeah, there's a Twitter account apparently called Obscure ICP Facts. I'm going to have to follow them. Uh, I haven't heard of them until you sent it to me. And they mention that this song, of course, says everybody dies uh, several times in the chorus. But they also pointed out that so does Send in the Clowns, the first song after the intro on Wicked Vic. And on I'm Ugly, which was the first song on Pug Ugly. That one really didn't have an intro. Um, in the outro of, the, of, of I'm Ugly, it, it says uh, everybody dies as well. So that's something that all these seeds of Yum Yum have in common. Mad shout outs to Obscure ICP Vax on Twitter for pointing that out. I don't know if it's significant or a coincidence. What do you think, Lars, dude? Well, I mean, it's the whole theme of the Dark Carnival, right? If everybody dies, you got to act right and not be, a, not be like a, a whack person. I, by the way, uh, uh, Obscure ICP Facts is mustard on genius who posts a lot of stuff <laughs> to same person dude that's crazy man mushy mustard just commented on um i think our obliteration uh video the three-headed monster video we just put up and um he was he was clearing up like you know how the genius contributions work and how his, mushy mustard transcriber is just his like genius um name he goes by mushy mustard he's got like dope remixes and stuff on his channel he's actually a musician as well but it's so funny because i was just kind of talking to him through the youtube comments and now you mentioned that's his twitter so that guy is like a level 10 icp <laughs> historian another shout out to mushy mustard man he's always 
yeah, putting a lot of stuff out there and uh, shout out to him. Ellie May, let's talk about this track. Um, here's, an, here's another funny like referencing of antiquated pop culture. He goes, it ain't Toby Keith, mother, blah, 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 like that. I was like, when was the last time? I remember Toby Keith had that song about uh, 9-11, right? About going, why the Iraq war was justified. But he's not like the hottest country star these days. So it's just funny that it's another like old school pop reference. But ICP have never been concerned with like being trendy. So it's like right. Toby Keith. Oh, yeah, he's a country artist. He's not Toby Keith. But like why they picked Toby Keith, why they picked Macklemore, it's just... <laughs> It's just part of the fun of this. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, dude. And that's the song we were talking about with Mikey Clark. You know, uh, Violet J is actually, you know, talking to Mikey Clark in this track. And it's just a very, very humorous track in the vein of some old school ICP. Let's just say they're, you know, talking about their aberration of uh, some unconventional beauty standards. And uh, Mikey Clark's production kind of got that old school bounce to it, and uh, mixed with the humor, definitely reminiscent of that uh, that old school flavor. It's probably the song I've laughed the most at in, in a while by ICP. I was really getting a kick out of it. Them like doing parody of country music. I mean, they, they've been down this this route a lot, but it right. works. It's it always works, and it's, it's not yeah. Toby Keith though. <laughs> no, definitely not, man. And another track I, I found fun, I I found really funny was uh, "Hunger Like the Wolf." On uh, I believe that's Wicked Vic. This upcoming track reminded me of that. Keep on chopping, dude. What do you think of the Steve Miller cover? Yeah, because it's the same sort of thing, right? Right. The, uh, taking a song. I mean, it's it's just taking old songs and then doing fun stuff with them. That's just definitely a thing they do. The chop chop slide, right? Right. It's like. All the the idea of taking a jump around, taking something, and ma maybe that's not so different because they didn't change the chorus, but taking something and then just doing a funny version of it or keeping it the same. But right. fun song, yeah, yeah, man. It's and it's this is kind of like a, a a parody. It's like it's like if Weird Al did parodies, but just based on being a serial killer. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like Hungry, like the Wolf did that kind of serial killer spin on a classic track. Um, this is like that. It's Steve Miller band's rocking me, but he's you know talking about how he's running from you know the cops and you know his murderous tendencies. I thought it was funny. I like hearing Jay have you know just fun like Possum Kingdom, the other covers he's done, and uh, yeah, just yeah. and I, I love Steve Miller band and, and this song. The original of this song is dope. It's cool to hear an ICP cover. Uh. There's a song called All Right Now by a band called Free that sounds a lot like Rockin' Me. It's an old 70s song. It was the song they'd play at my, it's like the, the Stanford's theme song at the football games when people had a touchdown or whatever. But like, so I heard that, I was like, oh, it's All Right Now by Free. And I did a sample of that in college where I rapped over it. And I was like, oh, they're sampling the same song. I was like, oh no, it's not. Just the, the 70s songs were similar. So I got excited. But then I got more excited that it was Steve Miller because uh yeah like i don't think icp's ever sampled steve miller have they or done interpolation oh the joker not, twisted did the joker i was yeah. about to say not icp that i can remember but you're right on cryptic correct collection volume three they did the joker dude and um keep on rocking me is like it's one of those songs that like i went from phoenix arizona like that will get stuck on my head there's two songs like that that'll be stuck on my head for weeks on end at just random times um this song 
and now I have a juggalo version of this song to get stuck in my head, but also um, Shares Believe. <laughs> Do you believe that song has been stuck in my head on and off for about 15 years? It's almost like a, a problem at this point. But anyway, so at least now I got an ICP version to get stuck in my head. That was the first. Uh, that was the first like mainstream song to use the T Pain Auto Tune Antares effect, right? Right, Share, dude. Which was kind of tight. None of the cryptic collections are on. Oh no, no! Look, Joker is on Spotify. Wow. Oh, Twisted interesting. Cover. And it's the most played song on that compilation. That's a great on cryptic collection, really. Crypto Collection 3, yes. Wow, no. dude. I would have figured like Shock and Awe or something. That's really interesting that the that Joker is the played track. Very interesting. So Walt Whitman, transcendentalist, famous for his um, poem, The Song of Myself. And he says, I sound my barbaric yop over the roofs of the world, which shows the sense of freedom, individuality, self-expression. And it's the idea of like embracing your true self by just being loud, screaming like a banshee, right? That's like the, that's like what punk and metal and everything kind of has this connection to transcendentalism because it's the idea of like unfiltered expression of just being wild in the woods. So Poe is interesting because on the flip side, I know we always talk about Poe, the idea of the anti-transcendentalist vision is being more like internal uh, thinking about um, one's own like contemplation of their life and trying to make sense of the chaos in your mind personally, internally. So that's always like the interesting like dynamic between ICP because it's like this very personal expression of insanity and the outward expression of it. So I feel like Banshee is an interesting song because it balances those two things and it has a really interesting aesthetic choice made by Shaggy the Airhead where you have like the stock rock drums on Jay's beats and then the 808 Atlanta beats on Shaggy's parts. And I know the last few episodes were always talking about Memphis hip hop, Memphis trap, but the Atlanta trap is like the faster version. And that's kind of what you hear on, on this part of the song. And I think it's a really cool musical moment that reflects the dichotomy of the romantic transcendentalist versus anti-transcendentalism in the context of Whitman. I don't know. I know you're going to say the same thing. <laughs> dude, you read my mind, Lars. We had the exact same notes for that. No, dude, that is so fresh. And that makes sense, dude. That's super insightful, man. This song is so dope. And it kind of reminds me of a scrub, a scrub Gang where it's talking about it. You know, it's describing Juggalos are super down on their luck. Um, I, You know, and I'm glad you brought that up about like Walt, Win, uh, Walt Whitman and trans, transcend, transcendentalism. Yeah, transcendentalism. Trans yeah, it, transcendentalism. Right? Um, yeah, like because that's that's cool. Because I, I I was having a hard time honestly connecting the banshee line. You know what I mean? I thought like I just I was having a hard time connecting to the verses. So that's that's fresh, Lars. Man, as always. Just n not care. Thanks, man. Not caring, right? Just being like uh, uh, they they don't like my music, but they hate my show. That's a really funny line. That's what it's Shaggy's fa my favorite line is from that. It's like that idea of like. Oh, the restaurant was horrible and the portions were so small, like a Borscht Belt co comic, you know. Oh, the music was bad, but the show was terrible, right? Um, <laughs> right. And it, yeah, it just kind of got that like down on my luck, but I'm still trying to school life and it's all good. I'm not going to let it get to me. And that in many ways is the, the Juggalo ethos. So fresh. Average Joey is a Shaggy song because we know Joe is Jay and Joey Shaggy. And so this song reminds me of how you've been. But there's something interesting on Shaggy's solo record, his character, when he 
becomes the evil Shaggy is drinking. And he has the line here, I'm in the den, I'm in the den sipping hen. Where it's like, oh, it's the same character where he's like playing the dichotomy of he's the family man, but then he goes out and kills. The one who goes out and kills is the alcoholic. And I think like a lot of people in AA and recovery, it's this tenuous line where like your sobriety is like a thin line keeping you from doing like really bad things. So I, I don't know. It's like, a, it's like a testament to his own spiritual journey. It's also a fun track it's got jazzy vibe it reminds me of nate dog throwback like on the hook but what do you think like what do you think about this song snacks yeah dude i i agree with you that's a super dope analysis and yeah with that g-funk comparison i was feeling that big time this i think is actually my favorite song of the ep i enjoy the whole ep i've been bumping it regularly but i gotta say man this song i love um and uh you know, I don't. I wish I knew who produced it. Speaking of that, like funky kind of G funk uh, baseline flavor, don't know who produced this one yet. Uh, you know, if any juggalos do know, um, feel free to comment because we uh, couldn't find it when we were researching for the show. But yeah, like Shaggy is talking about basically living a double life. And I was, when I was listening to it, I thought maybe, yeah, like it served as a metaphor, like just like a serial killer, like. Uh, would have a double life like he's putting on a face and that's what this song is basically about like a serial killer goes home and has a normal family life like to me it sounds like a metaphor for like him having a normal family life which we we know he has a pretty normal family life because we see on twitch like he's kind of just like a normal dad just schooling it as a family man but then he has this crazy career as one half of icp you know so that's got to be a crazy dichotomy and i really felt like this track served as such a cool metaphor. I love the hook. It's been stuck in my head since I've I've heard this. Just a dope song, man. I, I can't express how much I love it. I remember there was like a documentary or interview where Shaggy was saying how um, like even when you come home, you're trying to watch TV, you still hear like all the voices of the juggalos who are like, I almost killed myself, man. I was doing meth 10 times a day until i heard riddle box and now i'm haven't killed myself icp fans are intense but they also respect the the clown's autonomy but sometimes it always sticks with you like like this killer he can't forget what he did so it's a clever song and he's just an average joey so that's the, right that's what's up no um, doubt man even the name is is clever dude it's so dope so to close out this EP, we got something to see remixed by Mike P. Is and if you're watching this show, you know like I'm a huge, huge Mike P. fan. And uh, every seat of Yum Yum has closed out with a remix from Yum Yum Bedlam, uh, and it's only fitting that the final seat would close out with uh, the remix of the final song on the actual Yum Yum Bedlam. Joker's card, something to see. I think it's really cool. It's a night and day take on the track. Um, and uh, just super cool. Kind of got like these, uh, I don't know if it's like a xylophone in the verse, whatever it is. It kind of has this like cool kind of lighthearted uh, feel, but it almost has like this subtle level of dissonance. I think it's a super cool take on something to see. I don't know if you knew this, Lars, because I don't think we mentioned it in the Yum Yum Bedlam episode. But shout out to DJ Carlito, because when we dropped the Yum Yum Bedlam uh, episode, he actually reached out to me on Instagram and mentioned that this chorus references the level 42 track, Something About You, which is dope. And, you know, that was just one additional shout out to some old school flavor on Yum Yum Bedlam that um, 
that you know we didn't even realize so that's super cool you know this song of course still has that chorus but very dope remix by mike p what are your thoughts on it uh, i think it's a cool remix i think it's interesting that like it's this question of like from yum yum bedlam if you're gonna die what's the last thing you, you want to see before you go blind right right and infinite jest is a famous like long book from the mid 90s by this guy david foster wallace i did a rap about it over the teenage dirtbag uh sample because it's told from the perspective of this teenager and he's it's like basically retelling of hamlet anyway the premise of the story is that there's this video that is so captivating if people watch it they die because they can't do anything else they become obsessed with it and then now it's like a metaphor for social media or TikTok or like the way we just live vicariously through media but this is what's crazy like and i'm gonna reveal the end of the book so skip forward if you're still trying to read infinite jest and you haven't got to do it um the last thing that you see in this video, it's a video of you being smothered to death as an infant by the most beautiful woman in the world. Because that is such a captivating image that it can't, you can't look away. This idea that you're loved by the most beautiful woman in the world and she wants to kill you so you don't have to live a life of suffering and pain. It reminds me how Kerouac, one of Kerouac's um, early writings talks about how the happiest a young person will ever be is like sitting in their bed reading like these really cool fantasy novels and pretending they're like knights in a kingdom far away. Like going to an imaginative place where everything's perfect in a dream state is the most beautiful lens you can have for seeing the world. So something mm. to see. If the last thing you see is so beautiful and, and protecting you, that is like an addictive lure into this dark reality. So I think of Yum Yum's lure, I think of Yum Yum Bedlam, this idea of something that's so beautiful and so dangerous and so protective and how Yum Yum is a fem is, a, is the only female Joker's card so far that like something deadly can also be beautiful. So something to see in the case of, in the context of Infinite Jest, the something to see is the something that's gonna kill you and it's something you can't stop watching. So I thought about that when I was listening to this, just because that book means a lot to me. And I feel like that's that book was very prescient about like social media, like I said, and, and addictive um, media. So I don't know. I know they're not trying to reference David Foster Wallace, but there are some thematic connections there with like, yeah, just, just dude. how we pay for our mortality by having to say goodbye in the end, you know, and what's the last beautiful thing you want to witness. That's what's up. right, dude. And I feel <laughs> like that fantasy, you know, kind of, um, dream world escapism like that's just ties into you know so well into the whole dark carnival metonymy ah that's what's up that's Mid what's up class. uh okay so let's wrap it up so like what's good so what's coming out uh jay dropped a single pack what yeah so much man, we got the the single release for the second track in the Walking Home series, Walking Home Tuesday, comes with a board game, all kinds of physical flavor that was released at the gathering. Um, you know, so we still got that uh, to look forward to the rest of that because you know that we we got the first one quite a while ago, and Bloody Sunday dropped in between the you know Monday and Tuesday. So a lot of juggalos weren't really sure when we were going to get the rest of that, uh, but we got that. So the rest of that series is coming down the pipeline. And now that the Yum Yum Bedlam saga is over, we can only await, as far as official Joker's card canon goes, the uh, sixth Joker's card of the second deck, man. Are you excited, Lars? I know you are. I'm very excited, but wait, here's my question. Walking Home Monday came out in 2021. 
Yeah. I'll be home Tuesday drop. Did all the other days drop? No, not yet. There's only been two. Okay, so he's do- so it's set. There's going to be seven. There's going to be six because there's going to be five days and one weekend one. Okay, Dad, you had the concept of doing a, a a song about every day of the week, right? A story, right? Yes, dude, I did. Uh, so my last uh, EP, I'm not sure about much, but uh, God is real and music is awesome. That originally was going to be an EP where each called the best week ever, and each day or each song was another day that something awesome happened to me. And then <laughs> Violet J announced the Walking Home series. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do this now. So I had to change all the songs and stuff. I used the same beats, but I rewrote all the lyrics. That's funny that you remember that, but that is that is true. I don't know if Juggalos are going to believe me or not, but it's legit, man. Wait, you use the same beats? What do you mean? Yeah, so I had like a lot of the EP written the best week ever. Um, and I had all the beats made on that EP, so... Oh, and you uh, reused them for other stuff. Yeah, well, th- I, it's basically the same EP. Uh, I'm not sure about much, but God is Real and Music is Awesome. I, the EP I put out in the summer of 2021, like, those beats were for the best week ever. I just made them, you know, separate songs. And even some songs had, this, like, the song where I meet Scatman John, that was actually going to be one of the days, but I just kind of took away the week theme because I didn't want to... You know, it seemed like I was biting Jay. Jay's idea. That's what's up. Well, wa- walking home, cool. And so we got Esham's new record. We got a lot of stuff happening. Um, uh, yeah, what dude. else? Yeah. Well, it's good that you brought that up, brother, because the um, it actually dropped, I think, the day before we uploaded our last episode. Esham's album Purgatory came out, which is super fresh, because when we were talking about Esham's Purgatory, in our obliteration episode, we were talking about it as an upcoming thing. By the time the episode dropped, the album is out. Uh, Hatchet chat on that coming soon. Super dope. Uh, congrats, Esham, on the fresh release. And Juggalos, uh, you know, most of you, I think everybody should be home safe at this point by the time this episode gets up. And we just hope you had a great, great gathering. It looks like it was a fresh one. And yeah. much cloud love, y'all. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. I'm MC Lars. I'm MC Snacks. Y'all see you on the next one. Peace.